Welcome to the Beyond the Bucket Show, a podcast centered around optimizing all lives' buckets. We all have buckets we are balancing, coaching, entrepreneurial ventures, family, passion projects, and health. Let's all take this journey together and become bucket fillers. And here's your host, Chris McSwain. Welcome back, everybody. Today, we have another fantastic guest on our show, uh, a, a friend, a colleague, a former coach of mine, uh, a mentor, all the above. Um, he's also a fantastic father, husband, and he is the athletic director at Willow Glen High School. Welcome, Eric Ostrowski. Thank you, Chris. Pre- uh, pleasure to be here. I've been waiting for a while to get on your show, so uh, it's an honor. Thank you, sir. Well, my invitations, um, you know, went on deaf, deaf ears for a while, but I'm glad I got you <laughs> uh, back, back from Anaheim um, at a really cool conference that we were talking about right before we jumped on. Um, but uh, before we start, uh, we'd like a fun fact about you. So something that most people might not know about you. Uh, yeah, share with the listeners. Fun fact. Um, I always like to share this one, you know, uh, being in the world of athletics, sometimes, you know, athletes get a, a bad, bad rap of being the dumb jock. So actually in sixth grade, I was a uh, science gold medalist uh, in our science fair. So there's a fun fact for you. <laughs> there you go. What, now, what was your, your presentation? My presentation was basically how the typical battery operated. Um, and so I did some battery project on, I remember it had something to do with the flashlight and how flashlight works and how the battery conducts the electricity. So huh. obviously it didn't stick very well and resonate with me, but it won me a gold. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, one that I haven't told in a while, but uh, I got the presidential fitness award for the sit and reach. So I'm very flexible. I used, back in the day, I used to be able to do like the splits pretty easily. Can't do it that much anymore. But um, yeah, I was actually stretching this morning because I'm playing in a men's league with all uh, a lot of my former former players um, from the AAU days, like Noah Stapes and Jace Whitcliffe and all those guys. Yeah. Uh, so my body's like extremely sore after, every Thursday morning. So I do like a 30 minute deep stretch after. Well, I did bump into your beautiful wife the other day at CBS, and she oh. did mention you were in that league. And I said, he has no problems. He says in such great shape. Me, on the <laughs> other hand, I would be struggling. <laughs> but back in the day, um, you know, we were, I think I was, I was mid-20s. Um, you, we were all on a men's league team together. So you remember those days we were oh. wearing the Del Mar jerseys, and, and uh, John Arugio had to kick us out of the league after three straight championships by us. I remember hanging some banners in that gym yeah that was uh that was a fun time you guys were uh had the courtesy old man on your league so i could stand out there maybe shoot a little bit take a couple charges for you and let you guys run around a little bit so and i'm but now that the courtesy, those are good times and now i'm the courtesy old man at 40 years old uh all these young bucks i'm by far the oldest person in the league but um <laughs> like so i'm two for i'm two for two on layups because I don't shoot layups, and mostly mostly all my shots are threes, and the only way those came is because we got a steal, and it was like a run out. So. <laughs> uh, well, you're doing okay anyway, for yourself. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, you know, switching uh, pivots here. Um, why don't you give, like, everybody a three-minute backstory on you before we get into it? 
Uh, okay, real quick. Um, so I'm a native here of San Jose High. Um, played baseball at San Jose City College. Went finished up my degree at San Jose State. Uh, Willow Glen High alum. Um, as I was going through my athletic journey, uh, one of the things that kind of resonated with me was the impact that athletics had on me. So as I was going through my education, I really kind of want to go back into teaching um, and give back to to youth. Uh, I saw the writing on the wall that professional sports definitely wasn't in the picture. Uh, I still wanted to stay active, stay in the athletic frame. Thought teaching would be a great way to do it. Coaching would be a great way to do it. So my, my breakout was first, you know, I was, had the opportunity to coach with a good high school buddy of mine, Brad Quinnett, at Willow Glen High School. Uh, right out of college, we did JV basketball out of there. After two short years at Willow Glen, opportunity rose for him to take on the varsity head job at Del Mar. Asked right. me to come along with him. Uh, that's where, you know, our paths initially crossed. Um, at that time, I was teaching special education. I was the assistant varsity uh, basketball coach and just kind of getting my feet wet and everything. Uh, I spent 16 great years at Del Mar High. Uh, promoted myself, you know, from that assistant position, took over the boys program for a while, and then was the athletic director over at uh, Del Mar for eight, nine years. At that opportunity, at that time, an opportunity came for Willow Glen High School, which I said previously I graduated from, uh, their athletic director position opened up. Both my boys were going that direction. We live here still in the Willow Glen community. So at that time, I kind of just shuffled ideas about what would be a good thing for myself professionally as well as my family. And I thought nothing better in my mind would be able to watch my kids kind of grow up, flourish. They're both athletes themselves and be able to kind of work in the background with them, support them and see them, you know, basically on an everyday basis. And it was a great move for myself entering my 10th year here at Willow Glen High School now. Yeah, you've done it. You've done it all. And you've seen it, you know, from a teacher standpoint, uh, from an assistant coach standpoint, a head coach standpoint, as well as an athletic director. So you have like a wealth of knowledge on a bunch of different things. And uh, that's one of the things that I've always really respected about you is like you you really took the time and the care to really understand everybody's needs. The baseball coach's needs are going to be different than the football. The football is going to be different than the baseball or, or, or basketball. Basketball is going to be different from field hockey and, and soccer and so forth and so on. And you have really used a lot of your expertise growing up here in this community to really thrive in every single place that you've been. Where do you find that um, – where do you find that knack and how have you been able to have success pretty much at every stop that you've been at? Well, I mean, I think first and foremost, your success comes with the people you surround yourself with. Right. I mean, you always try to put people in the right positions to be successful. Uh, you want people to share the vision with you. Uh, and when you do those two things, you know, your, your job becomes a lot easier. Um, you know, I think my background with coaching, I kind of understood some of the challenges uh, that go along with it, the long hours, the, the minimal resources, at, especially at public institutions. Um, and so the, the coaching job is hard enough, not to mention if you're already doing a, a nine to five, you know, and you're not on a school campus, which a majority of a lot of our coaches are at this point. And so for me, uh, you know, especially stepping into the athletic director role is understanding that, you know, I want them forward facing with the kids. I want them, you know, embracing a passion the kids have 
and giving their same passion to those kids, building skill development, building you know relationships, and teaching them how to be good young men and women. My job is then to try to take some of that other onus off of them, so they're not struggling with the the fundraising. They're not struggling with you know just a lot of the hoops and hurdles you being a high school coach are aware of, um, and take some of that on for them so they can really do the most important pieces, right? And um, you know, once again, when you're sharing that vision and you're both passionate about it, you know, it does take time, does take effort. Um, but at the same time, it's all worth it because you're seeing this positive product at the end. And when I can see, whether it be a community member, uh, a former parent, a former player, come on back and say what the positive impact our programs had on them, our coaches had on them, myself might have had on them, it, it makes all those hours forgettable. It's like, uh, okay, it wasn't, wasn't that hard. It wasn't that tedious. It wasn't that encumbering, you know, because we created this great product afterwards. For sure. So you talked about, uh, you know, your first opportunity at Willow Glen and coaching there. So how was it coaching at your alma mater? Uh, it was a little surreal, you know, uh, you're stepping back on a campus. You finally get to access some of those rooms that you didn't access before. Um, you find out that that the secret life of uh, coaches and teachers, you're just like, oh, you're just ordinary Joes. You know, there, there's always that weird stigma when you're a student, you know, that these uh, superheroes of teachers are back there and they've got their own weird life going on. And, you know, they don't breathe and they don't bleed and they don't eat, you know, but now they're just normal people. So it was a little surreal at first seeing that part. And then the second part was finally, you know, obviously we all have passion and sport, but being forward facing with a young individual and really embracing the fact that every word that comes out of your mouth, every action that you do affects this young person, either in positive or negative. And it's a really, really big responsibility. So, you know, it's a little different than picking up a ball and going down to the park and doing a pickup game. You know, you, you have a, you have a bigger influence, you know, you're not just playing anymore. Um, so, so those were, were interesting. And then, uh, at that time, Todd Meeker was the head varsity coach at Willow Glen who brought us on. And that was my freshman coach when I was at Willow Glen High School. So now instead of being, you know, his player, now I'm working side by side with him. So that, that was kind of cool as well. No doubt. And um, <clears throat> that's when we met right after that. So you guys got the opportunity to come over to Del Mar. And I was entering my junior season there. Uh, and we had, you know, just gone through a coaching change and you guys came in. And what I really liked about you guys when you came in was just like, you guys were still young. I don't How old were you when you started coaching over at Del Mar with this? So we were, I think maybe 25, just turned 25, maybe 26 at most. You know, uh, we, were, we were young, full of vigor, full of great, full of ideas, a uh, little immature, um, but uh, we definitely were passionate, you know, um, so and yeah. very talented, good group of student athletes. So we we're very definitely. fortunate, a great situation for us to land into. Definitely. And uh, I think you guys came in and we played open gyms. You guys all played with us and you guys were young, like you said, 25 and 26. And so you weren't that much older than us, you know, so you guys were less than 10 years older than us. Um, and it kind of felt that way. It felt like you guys were a part of that um 
part of us. And, you know, we really bought into what you guys were selling. Uh, and we've had, we had two really great seasons, our junior and senior year. And we were ranked number one in CCS, uh, our, our full, basically almost the whole season, our senior year and our junior year, we went to the CCS championship, ultimately losing to MIDI. But, um, that was a different time where the public schools could actually compete and all of us, we all grew up together in the same community. And so we all knew each other growing up. And I think that's what made our team so strong. But from your perspective, you know, what made those teams so good and, and, and what, you know, what, what held us together from your, from your vantage point? Well, I think you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. You know, you, obviously stepping in, we, we saw just uh, the connectedness you guys already had, you know, you guys already had your, your, your built-in family. So it's our job now just to, you know, really take our vision and embrace the relationships that you guys had, create those relationships also with you, make you guys trust what we're doing. Um, at that time, you know, we were very defensive minded coaches. We were, you know, you we were, you know, very physical, um, you know, we want to kind of impose our will and you guys were from what I remember, a lot of multi-sport athletes, which is something that's been diminishing um, sure. now in today's trend. Uh, so, you know, a lot of you guys, you know, play football. So you had a physical toughness to you already. Uh, like I said, you're all just great all around athletes. You guys cared for each other, love for each other. And so when you took that athleticism, that already pre-built trust that you guys had with each other, and then, kind of what we brought and then once all that really gelled together and we, we all could trust each other. Um, I think it made for a pretty good couple of years there at Del Mar that we can all look back and say, Hey, we did something pretty special. Definitely. When you think back about that time, was there any memory that really stuck out to you? I remember several things, um, several of the road trips too. We'll kind of keep some of that off of uh, off the record, but uh, we we had, we really did have a have a good time together, and it was just uh, we worked really really hard. You guys were very very strict and hard on us, but I think that was what that group needed. You couldn't be soft on us because we would have just ran over the coach. We needed coaching staffs that were going to hold us accountable from from everything from whether it be a closeout to taking a charge or getting on the floor or, you know doing the king drill you guys really held us accountable but we also had fun with each other off the court too so is there any memories that really stick out to you i mean all of it was all of it was fantastic obviously but i think it was just you know it's more the off the, the court stuff right i mean on the court you know the wins took care of themselves the stats took care of themselves you know can't really focus too much on it. those are great things to look back on but it's all those things off off the court you know just sharing you know experiences with each other you know i used to have hair back then you did we had a good set i had hair and then it was the the year we all decided to go uh blonde and shave our heads off so you know um some of us took advantage of that and that's why i ended up losing it because i went blonde for about a second and said i gotta cut this all off so, you know, that's obviously stands in my mind. Um, I remember both uh, Coach Quinette and myself were able to all be on campus. So just being able to see you guys on the daily, um, you know, the fact that you guys would come in, you know, share your, your break opportunities, your lunch opportunities, just to check in with us. And once again, kind of really build that family atmosphere. Um, 
was really nice because it lets you see what you guys are doing and how you're developing off the court. So you're not just athletes, right? You, it kind of makes, humanizes it and hopefully it humanized us for you guys as well. Um, but it, it's just all those interactions that we had throughout going up to, you know, Sacramento, that, that Natomas game uh, in the NorCal regional playoff. Um, you know, that's one that stuck out in my mind. Um, you know, it was just, it was a great time. It was great basketball. Uh, it was great being around your guys' grit, toughness, and athleticism. Um, and quite frankly, it, it taught me back a lot looking back on, you know, I think once we have kids and stuff like that too, it changes our personalities. And, you know, as, as much success that we had, you know, I look back and I'm all, there's some stuff I would like to have done differently with that group. Um, because I think we could have had even more success, believe it or not, than that tremendous success that we did have. For sure. But it was just a, it was a different time then too. So a lot of the awareness that you may have uh, at this age or, um, you know, from years back, like, I think we all look back on it, even as players when, you know, Ryan and I were just hanging out with our kids um, when he was here and we still talk and almost all of us still talk to this day. But we all look back and be like, man, what if we could have did this or what if we could have did that? But, you know, you look back on it and there's really no regrets from the situation. Obviously, I think any situation you can look back and be like, oh, this could have happened. This could have happened. Like, what if that shot did go in? What if we didn't lose by seven to Thomas and stuff like that? And we advanced to the next round of the NorCal playoffs. And you just go through all those things. And you reminded me of something. I, I didn't I forgot that we did dye our hair blonde. And there's a lot of there's a lot of people from that team that are now bald, and I wonder if that was the reason why. Jason is now bald. I think Steve White, uh, a bunch of other people, but luckily I kept my hair still uh, not too right. much gray, not too much gray up there. But, um, I remember that, but I remember Kyle. He he like dyed his beard, and his face was like so it was burning so bad, and I was I was so I waited to get my hair cut. Cause you know me and my haircuts, but um, yeah, that's right. I, I I did the blonde first, and then I went and got a haircut, and so it just like blended really well. But uh, man, I remember that we were like there was a movie I forgot what it was, but they were like we were like the Golden Lords, especially with all the brothers with yeah. the blonde with the blonde hair. That was pretty cool. But that was that was a, that was a thing that we like did together, and we trusted, and that was what Quinette did naturally. It was bleach his hair anyway. So yeah, yep, yeah. Yeah, I think it's more so we can all be like him, right? <laughs> <laughs> he definitely wanted us to be for sure. And and we took on a lot of the personality that you guys had. But what I really enjoyed was probably like around uh, maybe like six months ago. I don't know if it was like around the holidays or Thanksgiving, but um, I was out with Joel and, and we see you, Quinette and Skip. And we just sit down there and we just, I mean, we had a blast, um, you know, just eating food and having some beverages and like just re reminiscing all that stuff. And then just being honest about the shortcomings may have, I had as a player, man, I shouldn't have did that or whatever. And then Quinette being vulnerable and you guys being vulnerable and just the appreciation that we all had for each other at that, um, you know, at that dinner was just amazing. And it just happened by chance. But the thing about it is I would love for my players to, to, in in 15 years to look back and be like coach man this and this and they remember those sort of things so 
kudos to you guys for us still having those relationships with you. And, um, you know, you, especially, I mean, we've, we've, we've traveled together, we've hung out together. We, we've done a lot of different things outside of the time that we had to be together. Uh, and I just really appreciate that, you know, dinners after, and you were the first person to hire me as a JV coach when you were the AD at Del Mar. So, you know, for me, that means a lot. Uh, and you hired, Ryan Cooper and you hired Steven Giles. And these are guys that all came up and played for you and for you to turn around and give us our first opportunities. Like we're, we're forever indebted to you because that, that has now become a career for all of us. We have all continued coaching high school basketball since you, you know, since you gave, gave me that opportunity to be a, an assistant in 2004. And um, I think the head coach in 2007. So, man, I just appreciate you. If I haven't told you that before, I just want to let you know that. No, no, I really appreciate that. You know, and I, I appreciate you more. You know, our, our big thing is, you know, don't be like us, be better than us. And I'll tell you what, all those names that you mentioned, you guys have thrived. You've been taken off. I mean, you're doing great things. You know, not just on the court, but off the court. I couldn't be more proud of the man that you've become, the man that, you know, those gentlemen that you mentioned prior to. Another uh, one of your players that you mentioned earlier, Jason Campbell, came on over to Del Mar, coached football for us, you know. Uh, yeah. Great athlete. And, and Jeremy. Jeremy coached, I think, with you and guys Jeremy too. Bean. Yep, yep. Yeah. So, you know, it, it goes back to, to that trust, right? It goes back to that family, um, you know, bringing you guys in and, knowing the type of individuals that you were uh, and the power that you guys had to, to influence the youth through sport and everything else that you guys are doing. Uh, you know, it, it was my pleasure. It was my honor. It was almost my duty to get, bring you guys back in, uh, you know, and you've taken that path and you guys have ran with it. So I appreciate you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Um, so talk about your transition from uh, being an assistant coach to a head coach. What was that process like for you? And what were the things that maybe you wanted to keep? And then what were some things that you might have wanted to do differently? Well, I think the biggest transition is now all your ideas fall on your shoulders, right? You know, when you're an assistant coach, you, you know, you're going through film, you're, you're talking out game plans, talking about matchups, uh, lineups. And those are ideas, right? You know, once the game comes, you know, if things happen great, players and coaches get a lot of, you know, pats on the back. Things don't go out so great. Now all of a sudden the head coach is wearing it all, right? He's forward facing with parents, administration, you know, teachers, whatever it might be. So stepping into that role, it's just understanding all the off court uh, responsibilities that you had, you know, making sure that, you know, your finances were tight, making sure that you're, you know, out in front of any situation that might be coming down the pipeline that you're having open communication with those administrators. So if something is coming in that, you know, we're all on the same board, you know, it's not putting yourself on the island and then it's like, well, you should just let me know about this. Um, you know, working with your booster programs, working with your teachers more to make sure that we're all on the same page, right? That, hey, I'm going to hold these kids accountable. This is, you know, their carrot. This is something that they're really passionate about. And it does take time from the classroom and we all understand that, but I want to also use that and leverage that so they're better students too, you know? So if you trust me that I'm going to do both the athletic and the academic piece and that you're going to do the academic piece and you're going to support our athletic piece, it makes things a lot easier. So those are a lot of the transitions that, you know, you go from as an assistant to a varsity uh, head coach. Um, and it, it was 
you know, I, I tried some stuff that I always wanted to try as an assistant sure. and some of it didn't work so well. So we went back to the drawing board. Um, and then some of the stuff, it did work. So um, it was interesting. And, you know, the eight years I spent as a head coach, uh, I, you know, um, my philosophy is always to grow good young people, good young men. I coach boys basketball, coach a little bit of baseball, a little bit of track, um, but primarily boys basketball. And it's trying to make those kids better men through sport. And that so that, that never wavered. Uh, some of our offensive tendencies you know should be more defensive minded more offensive minded uh kind of change with some personnel that we had um once again trying to put players in the right position to be successful uh and then you know one of my second to last years 2007 had a very very good group go through del mar high uh with led by aaron mullet steve on jones um cast of other guys nick borden uh we're very talented you know not not quite to that 2000 2001 program but you know we're right up there with them and um you know it, it really kind of solidified the, the years i had there uh del mar in terms of going out on the right step going out with the right kids going out with that a group that was very similar to you guys that were really tight-knit with each other um and I thought at that point, I'm like, you know what, let me go into a bigger role. And that's really where I kind of moved my focus into the athletic director role. Sure. And at, at that opportunity, I had time to kind of hand over the head position to, to you know, uh, Ryan Cooper, who I entrusted uh, as a former Del Mar grad. He did go over to or Del Mar as a freshman, graduated from Piedmont Hills. Uh, but he had a similar mindset, young, vigorous, kind of remind me of a, a Brad Quinette, uh, when he came on out, uh, from San Jose State and taking over the Louisville program and Del Mar program. So I thought they'd be in good hands. He had, he had a good core, good core that, uh, I felt he, he would be very successful with. And he did have some really good success in his time at Del Mar and has done bigger and better things since then as well. So. Yeah, it's good stuff. Man, bring back sure. the days. <laughs> yeah, and and you guys, I mean, as good as we were, we didn't win a league championship. I think we lost three games that year, and we got second in league our senior year behind Lee and um, Andrew Hill because we lost to Andrew Hill yeah. one time, and we lost to Lee actually twice, once on a buzzer beater when Antoine Guidry mm. hit, hit an unbelievable shot. But I remember that game because the – I mean, it was sold out. You couldn't even get in. The fire department was there shutting people down, which was, which was crazy. So I was remembering that because I know that you guys won that league championship. And it was almost like we felt like, hey, man, that you won that with that team. But I felt like, hey, that was, that was a culmination of all those, all those years that um, Del Mar wasn't good. And, you know, and when we left, there was a slight drop off and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, I still remember that. And we went to summer league uh, and played over there this year, this summer. And I still see that 07 banner up there. And uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, we did win league our junior year. It was in the B league. Yeah. 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 So that was 90 or excuse me, 2000. But uh, we didn't, we didn't, we wanted the A League title, and we didn't get it the the following year. So that sucks. But you know, yeah. the winning, it, the winning is one thing, but it honestly doesn't. You know, it's it's it sucks to say this, but it really doesn't matter. It's really the memories that we've been, you know, reminiscing about uh, on this podcast. 100%. Like 
that's yeah. just that's the big thing. But when you're in it, you just really want to win so bad. And I know we're all competitors, so right. That's why they have a scoreboard up there, right? Uh, so, but it is. It's it's definitely you know if we only monitor our success by you know what that final score outcome is, you know we're we're gonna pretty much be deflated all the time, right? There are bigger things like you pointed out, you know, it is the relationships, it's the memories, um, you know, it's just learning some life skills, you know, being better, bigger, and better people. So, uh, but it would be nice to win that. I mean, we should have won that league title. Tough league. That was, that, was a, that was a great league. All the, all the teams in the league were, you know, top seeds in CCS. Uh, I think, we were top three seed. Uh, I got corrected by uh, one of the listeners because our senior <laughs> year we play we played Sacred Heart in that um, quarterfinal round, I believe, or semifinal round. Yep. Um, but we lost. I, I I said we were the number one seed. I think we were the two or three seed. Somebody uh, corrected me that watches. So shout yeah. out to who, yeah. shout out to whoever <laughs> corrected us on that. But um, yeah, I think uh, it was yeah, a three seed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So to tell tell me a little bit about the transition from head coach because your whole career has basically been about transitions, whether that be from uh, you know a special ed teacher to a PE teacher, whether that be to assistant coach to head coach, and now going to athletic director. So, what was that process like? And now you're going to have to be dealing with not just your team, which and your program, but now you've got all these other programs. You've got a football program with 50 plus people in it. You've got a baseball program with a bunch of people, soccer, field hockey, all of that. And now you have this, you know, you have this lay of the land type of deal here where you're in charge of it all. So what was that like when you got to shift over? Um, and I believe at that time, I think it was like a, a, a woman's uh, athletic director and men's. I'm not sure if it's all one yeah. now, but tell me about that yeah. process. Yeah, no, you're you're dead on. So at that time, um, Roger McClowry was taking on both the boys and girls position, athletic director position. Uh, I worked in the same office. We both taught PE together. He had about two years left before retirement. And so, you know, sitting up there, I told him kind of my plans were, you know, try to transition. Uh, well, love to kind of go after the athletic director position once he retired. I uh, thought it'd be a good fit for myself, um, especially with the amount of years that I had at Delmore High School, kind of really understanding the culture and kind of what direction we we're trying to bring all of our athletic programs to. Um, and to his credit, he says, don't wait two years. Why don't you take over the women's side of it right now? Kind of watch me, see what I do with this. We'll work together for two years. And then when I step down, it's going to be a natural transition for you to just take on over both sides. So that's kind of what I did. I, I stepped in. Uh, took over the women's side of it, but we didn't really split it up like men's and women's. We basically looked at programs and said, hey, how can we help each of them? Um, and then kind of really, you know, kind of watch what he did. And it's just like anything else. You know, you watch, you, you consume, absorb what's going on, put it into your toolbox and say, oh, well, maybe I would do this a little differently. Maybe I would do this the same. Um, and just wait for those opportunities to really kind of make it your own. Uh, probably one of the best advices or I don't, I don't know if it was even advice or just kind of happen chance uh, but my very first year of taking on the women's side um, our administration at that time allowed me to go down to an NI AAA uh, so it's National Athletic Directors Association um, workshop and it was held at Stevenson High School if you haven't been at Stevenson oof, beautiful facilities um, in Monterey Carmel, I guess I better correct myself. Um, 
But, uh, you know, I went down there and I took two law courses and I took like just an intro AD workshop course. And it really opened my mind to what the responsibilities were to being an athletic director and taking on an athletic program at a school. Uh, So being, once again, young, vigorous and taking that on, it really set the tone for me on how I kind of wanted to attack things professionally in this position. And so I went down to those courses religiously, went down to the California uh, State Athletic Directors Association uh, Conference yearly, just to network, be around other people, you know, pick brains to get new ideas. What are you doing that's working? What's not working? Because um, I wanted best experiences for all of our kids, right? Sure. So I think that really, really gave me a great foundation um, and really, you know, accelerated my, my learning curve and stepping in from just being, you know, coaching one program to now basically coaching a whole entire, you know, set of programs. And that's kind of why I feel my role is it's kind of being a, a head coach for our coaches. You know, uh, we're all here. We're all doing the same thing. We're all going for the same goal. How can we all be successful? So, um, and I, I, I hope that it, it served me well. I hope that I'm serving our, our coaching staff well. Hope I, we're serving our, our students well. Ultimately, that's that's our goal, you know, is to make sure that this passion is keeps fueled and that we're making better people at the end of the day. For sure. Well, I think your unique background as a player and then as a coach really helped you in this position because I think, well, I know that being in your position of leadership is all about relationships and you have been a person that has been fantastic in keeping cultivating and keeping long lasting relationships in your life. And you really like stick by your coaches. So if there's something that is going on, you don't just take the parent's perspective or the player's perspective. You gauge those two, but also the player, the coach's perspective. And you know what it's like when you were a coach. You know what it's like when you're in those trenches and some of the BS that may come your way just because of a certain situation. And most of it revolves around the playing time or lack thereof from from the individual. And that's really what it comes down to. A parent, I mean, they can get around it however way they want to, but the majority of the time is, is my kid playing and these are the reasons, but you can come up with so many other directions, but you already know what it's going to lead back to. Um, and so you've right. always supported your coaches. I felt very supported when I was there. I know all the coaches that are, are in your programs, even today, today at Willow Glen are very supported by you and you and like you're an advocate for the coaches. And then on top of that, which that is your the baseline of what you need to do. But you go above and beyond where it's like, hey, after a game, hey, can we go grab something to eat? Can we go to the Garrett? Can we get some pizza or whatever, whatever the case may be? Or a text or a call and say, hey, rough game, stuff like that. So that's one thing that I've always really uh, – another thing that I res- really respect about you is just doing that. So, you know, what made you want to do that? And, you know, because not everybody does. There's a lot of – athletic directors that just do their job and they do it well, but they lack that re- relational piece of it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I think it does come a lot from just the background, right? You know, why do I want to become a coach? I thought maybe there'd be more opportunity for me as an athlete, right? If the coaches were a little bit more involved, you know, I think 
you know, a lot of student athletes could probably say that. Why do I want to be an athletic director? I thought I could get more support from the school if the athletic director was more involved. So now I can do that piece, right? So it's just kind of learning what you would want in those positions. You know, what did I need at that age, that time in my career? Um, and give get in a position where I can give people those opportunities, those resources, that support, you know. Um, obviously, very passionate about athletics. Uh, you know, I think we both are. Uh, so, you know, obviously that passion um, helps drive and make make all the time uh, worth it, um, makes that focus work it, worth it. And probably most importantly, and something that probably I haven't touched on yet, is you need to have that support system at home, right? Uh, I have a beautiful wife that has gone through thick and thin with me for better and worse. I mean, you, you go through all those vows, right? Uh, she's checked all those boxes and she understands how important athletics is to me, um, you know, in our family. You know, she was, she was a great athlete herself. Uh, both our boys are athletes. Um, but, you know, prior to kids, being a young buck, you know, just being newly married and spending so much time on a court, you know, on away trips and stuff like that, you know, it was never like, hey, when are we doing something? Hey, when do we get to go do this? When do we do this? You know, she allowed me to flourish. She allowed me to kind of take these things on. And she continues to still allow me to push the envelope, do what I need to do to be successful um, there. So, you know, she, she's a great woman. And if you don't have that support at home, um, we're probably having a completely different conversation, you know? So for sure. No, I agree. I mean, that's a really great point. I mean, uh, you know, my wife and your wife are both nurses and uh, they also have like other activities that they like to do. You know, uh, Andrea has a side business as well. I, I don't know if our friends are using her for the for the wedding or whatnot, but like, I think that is so very important. I'm so very thankful uh, that we have the wives that we do because we're away a lot, especially during the school year and the season. Um, uh, but they have allowed us to be who we are and really, you know, go after our dreams. And, you know, I think we've been called to do what we do. Um, you know, sometimes you would be insane to kind of go through the things and spend the time that you do to just provide for somebody else. But uh, I think that's what we were called to do. And that's what we're going to continue to do until it's no longer our calling. Um, but yeah, you're right. Our wives are extremely important to that whole process and we wouldn't be able to do anything without them. And they really hold us down, but our family as well. And hopefully they feel supported from, from us too, because, you know, that is very important, but, um, yeah, very, very good point. Um, giving your yeah. shout out to, to, to the wives. For sure. For sure. Um, so Transition from Del Mar to Willow Glen, obviously two different schools in the same area, though. Mm -hmm. You know, they're probably like three miles apart, uh, but very different de demographics. Um, what were any challenges that you had coming from Del Mar to Willow Glen, or was it kind of a seamless transition for you? Uh, no, every every move is a challenge, right? Um, so, you know, obviously, I had a vision, uh, being living in Willow Glen, going to Willow Glen. I was aware of a lot of the traditions. I was aware of the community. Um, I followed, you know, Willow Glen athletics all the way through my alma mater. So I knew where their, their strengths and weaknesses were with athletic programs. Um, so I think, you know, we had a couple challenges. Uh, the, the first was obviously being looked at as an outsider coming on in, you know, it had been, Oh, what good 
almost 20 years, 15 years uh, from the last time I stepped on that campus in my coaching or student role, you know. Um, so, you know, getting our coaching staff to to know who I was as an individual, um, how I kind of operate, uh, my communication style, and then really getting to learn who they were, how they operated, what their vision was, and where they were going with their programs. Um, you know, some coaches were very fond of Peggy Booth, who I, I took uh, over with. Um, so, you know, she left through retirement, you know, um, and she did a great job with our athletic programs there. I, I know why the coaches loved and respected her. Um, you know, so now we get this new person in, right? And it's like, well, uh, we're going to shake up the boat. Are we going to do this? You have your secret agenda. And so once they really kind of understood that, listen, I, I'm here because I bleed red and gold. You know, I love Willow Glen. I live in the community. I got two young sons coming up through here. Um, I've got no secret agenda here. I just want to make this the best place we can. And one of the forefront things in my mind, it was always there is what can we do to attract and maintain our community? So they're still going to Willow Glen High School and not using some of these other great opportunities that are out there through the private sector. But, you know, we want to keep our community there so we can really, you know, keep building on some of those traditions that are unique to Willow Glen High School. Um, so I think that was one of the challenges, just, you know, you know, getting people to know who I was, like make sure that my mind and my vision was in the right spot. Um, very grateful to say that, you know, our retention, our coaching staff is really strong right now. Uh, working with some unbelievable young men and women who do tremendous things for our student athletes. Um, and the new coaches that we've brought on the last couple of years have really bought in and, and are being extremely successful and, and sharing our vision and, and doing the right things. Uh, the other challenge I had, and I kind of mentioned, was I had two young boys coming through, right? And, and both being uh, multi-sport athletes. Uh, Ty, my oldest, graduated in 2021, uh, was a football baseball guy. Uh, my younger son, who just graduated this year, Chase, uh, was a three-sport guy, you know, football, basketball, baseball. So I had to make sure that, one, I wasn't doing any type of nepotism, right? I, I didn't... I, I already knew there's already going to be a target on both their, their backs that are coming in. Uh, thankfully, they both had really good high school careers. And, you know, I think their performances spoke for themselves. So hopefully a lot of that target like, got smaller and smaller. Um, I knew there's always going to be judgment having your own children being an athletic director who played sports. You know, oh, he's only playing because of this. He's only doing this because of this. Um, so so the, the second half of my tenure at Willow Glen was really making sure that I did everything I could to make sure that their performances stuck out and, and their accolades were because of what they were doing, the hard work they were putting in and really make sure that it wasn't stuff that I was overly supporting those programs. So I almost kind of probably did the opposite and probably did less support in those programs. Once again, thankfully we had, you know, Oscar Cavallaro, very strong football coach, 2010 CCS champion, um, ran, runs a fantastic football program for us. Um, Drew Marino, Anthony Quaid are uh, both stepping in, running our boys' basketball programs, seamless. They didn't need a ton of support. Uh, had the legend, Sam Peraro. You know, my Ty was fortunate enough to play up on varsity as a freshman under uh, Coach Peraro there. Um, you know, his accolades speak for themselves. And then I had Brian Vieira step in right behind and, you know, 
he coming from Bellarmine many a years, stepped on in. You know, he needed minimal support. He's able to to run his programs. And so the three sports they really kind of defined didn't need those supports that allowed me to do other things. But um, you know, no matter what you do, there's always the a little bit of a pushback. So just trying to be as transparent, trying to be as visible as everywhere possible, trying to make sure that you're really making a conscious effort to support everybody. Um, just so, you know, th- there wasn't any uh, pushback at the end. For sure. Well, there's a, 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 You said a lot there, and there's a lot to unpack there. Um, your two boys, uh, I seen them when they were, you know, little kids. And one of the, the fondest memories I have is when you allowed us to run our camp over at our first ever top flight camp at Del Mar. And we had 19 kids in there, and we just thought that was, like, great, great, great. We were so excited. Um, I don't know if it was on the books or not, but we were nervous to see if somebody, security or somebody, was going to come in. But you said, hey, as long as nobody, you know, nobody comes in, you guys are good. But um, I do the little thing. I do the little – I have a little speech where where I use the dollar or whatever, and I, I rip the dollar up. And um, I gave it to Ty, I believe. And I think a few years later, I saw him. He said he still had it in his framed in his room. And um, like you were talking about earlier, the impact that you can make, you just never know what that impact is going to be. But when you just mentioned your boys, I'm like, wow, that that yeah. popped into my memory. Does he still have that dollar? Well, well, it's funny. It's funny that you bring this story up because if you didn't bring it up, I did want to bring it up. Yeah. And this- touches on you know the the full circle of impact we have in life you know and obviously very fortunate that you know ty was able to work with you and a lot of the other coaches that he's he's able to do because there's such an impact through sport and the reason i was going to bring it up because that picture hangs in his bedroom every single day right by his door first thing and last thing he sees uh every single day of his life until he went to college and (laughs) i just happened have it sitting right here. Oh my god. So there god. it is. Proof to the pudding. There's the dollar wow. that you gave him. Go earn that dollar. Twenty eleven. Wow. I didn't realize it was that long ago. So uh it oh, is in a man. frame. It's still up in his room. Um, you know, we touch on it. I share similar stories like that all the time, you know. And once again, it just goes those little things that, you know, we do that have these lasting impacts. And you know, for him, I, I I'm hoping that made him as successful and, and work as hard as he did because he's seen that and you instilled it in his brain. Cause at that camp, he, he was not a great basketball player. was not a great athletic mind. And he was the youngest one. He was the youngest one, but, and he never gave up, you know, that was the no. thing, you know, he never gave up. He never gave in and, and he just worked really hard. And you can see that his skill level wasn't where the other kids were just because he was young, but that was the reason why we gave it. I almost started tearing up when you yeah. showed that to me, but, but uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's uh, oh. that's amazing. And and now your boys are in college, which is, which is crazy to, to yeah. see um, <laughs> what, what ties in Virginia, right? Uh, Georgia, Georgia. Georgia. So he, he was at Emanuel college in Georgia, uh, D2 program out there playing a little baseball. Um, and then Chase is going heading out to Rutgers, Newark. So uh, Division three program. He's going to study finance, minor in real estate, and he has an opportunity to go play uh, baseball out there with Coach Cortman. Uh, coach, uh, shout out to Coach Mayo for 
recruiting them and, and bringing them on out there. But I think it's a great academic and athletic fit for them. So we're looking forward to that next chapter. And we talked about that because Quinette has a son that's getting recruited now. And obviously your sons are playing college baseball too. And, uh, you know, my kids are into sports at a young age and just like, how much do you push? We talked about this in greater detail uh, when we sat down and we had dinner that time. But for the listeners, what advice would you give parents that are trying to get their kids on this path to get to the next level and things like that. And I, I say this for the listeners, but also selfishly because my kids are coming up in it too. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's tough. And I, I'm, I'm going to be first say that I'm guilty of the advice I'm going to give, um, but really have a conversation and, a, and follow the passion your kids have. You know, don't, don't make your passion their passion, but make their passion your passion. Um, and be a, if you're, have the opportunity to coach your kids, awesome. It's a great way for you to, you know, interact with them and go and kind of treat them like everybody else. I was able to coach both my boys and unfortunately I was a little harder on them and use them as an example. Um, and you know, probably, you know, tough for them. And I, I wish I would have treated them like all the rest of the, the athletes I was able to encounter, you know, and the second part is not taking that home with you. You know, when you're at home, their sons, your dad, you know, and keeping that relationship. And, how, that and how do you do that? How do you do that? Not take it home with you. That you is because you can, you can say that as an adult, oh, I'm just going to leave it there. But as a kid, you know, I can only imagine like dad was just on me like 10 minutes ago. And now he wants me to be like, it's cool now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's tough, you know. It's um, a lot of the advice I got was, you know, if you're transporting your son or daughter home, you know, let, let's not talk about the game at home. Let's talk about, you know, maybe a book they're reading or a movie we just saw or something like that. Let's not grind on the performance because the kid already internalized. You I mean we're all athletes too, right? We, we we know if we played well or we didn't play well. We we don't really need someone, you know, recapping all that experience with us, you know. Um, so, you know, make sure it's a positive drive home. That gives us everybody a, a chance to breathe, kind of separate from from the game and realize that the sporting event happened over here, home is over here, and try to make the house as safe as environment as possible. And once again, you know, kudos to the wife. Uh, she fought me tooth and nail to make me to realize this thing and really, you know, tone myself down and really make sure that the house was a safe haven, right? It's not a place where you're going to get, you know, all right, we're going to go out and do some extra reps now. We're doing this, you know. Now if they ask for it, yeah, you take them on out there. So uh, it's a learning curve for me, uh, being a coach, being a dad, you know, and, and doing all those things. But I did see as I kind of release more and, and kind of let them take the onus on and uh, follow rather than guide, uh, it did bring tensions down a little bit and allowed them to flourish a little bit more, brought their anxiety down a little bit. Um, because like you said, no, there's nothing worse in sport than being tight and tense, right? You got to be loose. You got to be be ready to go. So, you know, if you have tension at home and you have tension already in the athletic arena, that's not a not a great environment to be successful. Um, so it's a lot, like I said, a lot easier said than done. Um, but that'd be my greatest advice. You know, I do meet uh, with our our parent group at the beginning of every season. Uh, just kind of introduce myself, go over, you know, the vision of Little One Athletics. And one of the 
main points I try to bridge across to all of them is at the dinner table, find out what your kids' goals are, you know, find out what their purpose is. Like, you know, why are they joining sport? Is it because they've got friends out there and they want to build more friendships? Is it they just need time management? Is it they're truly passionate about the sport? And if we understand what their goals are for being involved in sport, it makes our ability to support them at home a lot easier too, right? Because not every kid's out there to go get a D1 scholarship. Some have multitude of reasons why. So we got to make sure that we're aligned. Um, and that's a lot of communication and, you know, you know, making sure that we're supporting each other. It's no different than 80 to coaches, coaches to players. Yeah. And it's funny because <clears throat> I think parents know that, but when they get in, when they get into a competition and they're at the game, I mean, you know, this personally because you mm -hmm. see it all the time, <laughs> but even when I go to a game that's not affiliated with my school and I just go, let's just say I'm going to go scout or go watch one of our kids that play AAU. I just listen to the fans and it is absurd what goes on in the stands. Like it's just crazy and you just kind of lose your mind in the competition. And I think, you know, it can bring the worst out of us in a lot of ways. And so, yes, it sounds rational at that parent meeting. Everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, uh -huh. that's a great, that's a great, that's a great thing that I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to do every single day. And then your kid doesn't play or the kid has a bad game and it's like, Oh, and then you just go into this thing and, so, you know, I think, I think all parents, like, I mean, you know, we did the 24 hour rule and then it was a 48 hour rule as far as like being able to, to speak with parents. Um, and I think the parents should probably do that too. Just like, if you want to talk about the game, talk about it in 24 hours, just do it tomorrow yeah. because right. you're not going to care about it. And at the end of the day, like, it's just a, it's just a high school game. It does not mean anything. Whether they win it, whether you win every single game, lose every single game, or win half your games, it really doesn't matter. As long as your kid is not being mistreated, they're getting a fair chance and opportunity, and you may not see that because you're going to be completely biased. There's parents are going to be completely biased when it comes to their kids. They think their kid is supposed to be in there, and I, I mean, I you have to understand that as a coach. Um, but the question that I have for you is what is, what are some of the, what are some things that you have had to go through as an athletic director or as a coach? And how did you get through that situation? Because there's probably a lot of sticky situations that your coaches may not even know about because they just went over the coach's head or the coach may know about it. And you're kind of being the, the mediator between the parent player and the coach. Uh, you have any real life scenarios, obviously not using any names, but uh, that you can share with the listeners. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, you know, a lot of athletics is building trust, right? We're, we're dealing with young uh, men and women here. And, you know, like you said, parent that, that's a parent's baby. It doesn't matter how old they are, you know. Uh, guy's 20 years old, I still see him as my little five-year-old, right? So, you know, that, that, that vision's never going to not go. That, that's someone's baby that you're dealing with. And, um, you know, it, it's a great responsibility. And so understanding that, everyone's got best intentions, right? Like a coach has the best intentions that they're going to go out there and, you know, race skill level, um, you know, be competitive. We have best intentions that student athletes going to come out there and give us their best effort every single day. Athletic director is going to give us the best support. Parents are going to give us our best support. You know, it's all, all great intentions. Um, so I think, you know, 
probably the biggest challenges or stuff that I've had to overcome is just taking working with parents basically and working with administration and working with teachers. Um, anybody that's not used to the sport world a lot, cause it is a lot different than uh, some other aspects. Uh, there's some beautiful things, a lot of beautiful things that happen in sport, um, but there's a lot of harsh realities in sport too, right? Which kind of sometimes gets softened um, in some of our other environments. And so, you know, getting our parents to trust what our coaches are doing, getting to trust that I'm overseeing it. I'm not going to have some egregious actions going on. Um, understanding that not every story that they hear coming home is the gospel truth. Um, there might be some inflections in there. Um, and, you know, just kind of being open and aware to it. Um, I think some of the other big challenges is working with teachers, you know, um, understanding that and you touched on it at the end of the day, you know, whether you win or lose, we're, we're playing a sport, right? And we have to kind of take that in every aspect that we're doing. Not everything is the most important thing. It might be at that moment in life, but it's not the biggest thing in everybody's life. And so for me, sport is very important. Academia, maybe let's say English. English teacher, her most important thing or his most important thing is English, right? Sure. And understanding that we all, we all have these different, you know, uh, visions and what's in the, the true most important thing in, in our lives and being able to balance and respect each other's spaces and then, um, you know, take off the fact that, you know, hey, I'll be the first to admit sport is not the most important thing. This kid might not be going on and playing collegiate sport, professional sport. Percentage-wise, probably not. But at the same time, can you take your guard down too and say that math is not necessarily the most important thing? It might not be the most important thing that he learns this logarithm right this second, you know? And then can no, we, how can we support I'm gonna, each other? I'm going to cut you off just real quick. That is a very, very important yeah. piece because just like the, the sport really doesn't matter, like we said, that is a key point because a lot of the stuff that we learn in school, we don't actually use every single day. I don't use any of those. I don't use algebra in my everyday life. I don't use a lot of the stuff that we were being taught and that we had to do to get a good grade so we can, you know, go on to college or be eligible to play sports. I think that is a very key point that not a lot of people talk about. And um, I wish the academic community would understand that. Like you mentioned, you said it perfectly. That is their most important thing for that English teacher. That is the most important thing. They, they, they think about that and same thing with athletics. But if you got, if, if everybody can just have a mutual understanding, and I know you were getting to that point, I just think it's a great point. Like that's, that's, you hit the nail on the head right there. That's, that's amazing stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, and there's no doubt that being involved in athletics is going to drive your academia, right? It, it makes you more, you know, tight knit with the community. It gives you purpose for being on campus. It gives you, you know, that carrot at the end of the day, you're, you're going to do things well. And what I tell, especially a lot of our young teachers, because obviously we're going to be uh, students first, right? Athletes second. you got to push the student piece of it. That's just going to give you all your opportunities later in life. Um, but when we're able to take that, you know, let's pick a different subject so we're not picking on math guys anymore. Let's take our history teacher, you know, our history teacher that comes on out and supports a, a football game or a girls volleyball game or a water polo match. Kids see it. And we, we try to tell our staff all the time, kids see it. You just have to be there for five minutes. They're going to know you're there. You don't need to be there for the full hour and a half. 
Um, now, the next time they step in the classroom, it's a miracle what happens in terms of their attention, them absorbing the information that you have, because now you have a real life connection with them a little bit. You know, it's not right. just, oh, they're not, you know, they're on me because I have to leave class 10 minutes early or they're this or this, you know, it's uh, really humanizes the whole thing and it builds just a stronger relationship. And I, I think that's the big push in everything, you know, especially whether it be in academia we go right now or just, you know, in, in society in general, it's like, you just got to get reconnected and, you know, trust each other and, and respect each other a little bit, you know? And so it goes a long ways having those teachers come on out and step into our athletic world a little bit and be visible and, and support those kids. And obviously, you know, we're going to do everything we can to support the academic piece as best as possible, but, you know, just realizing that we're all there. Once again, those best intentions, right. We're, we're there to develop the overall students. You know. For sure. Um, <clears throat> we touched on it earlier, but the allure of some of the private schools in the area, one that I'm at, Valley Christian or Presentation right in your neighborhood or Midi or uh, St. Francis or Bellarmine, they're all in this area and they are pulling from an affluent place like Willow Glen. Um, so like, how do you, how do you keep kids wanting to come to Willow Glen High School for their athletics when a lot of the, uh, when a lot of people, you know, think that they need to go to a WCAL school to get scholarships, but your kids are two people that were beneficiaries from going through the public school and still getting a scholarship. I, I firmly believe you, sh you can go anywhere and still, and still thrive, but um, talk about some of the challenges there when it comes to some of these schools that can pull from anywhere and you guys are just pulling from the community. Yeah. Well, you know, I think a lot of it has to do um, media attention, right? The social media stuff, facilities, everything else. You, you look at some of the schools that surround us and they've got beautiful facilities and it's like, it would be hard not to want to go to some of those institutions, right? Um, great academic programs there. There's great uh, clubs. There's great um, departments that they're, they're working in that are they're very alluring. They're, they're very enticing for our community. And you touched on it. A lot of our community um, has the means to send their students there. And, you know, it's that the cost isn't uh, something that's going to prohibit them. But believe it or not, Willow Glen is a very diverse community school. Um, and we're not all, you know, $3 million home uh, family members here, you know, so uh, it's, it's kind of breaking that myth that, you know, Will Glenn's not just the rich of the rich. We are, we are pretty well diverse. We've got uh, students and families of all different uh, walks of life on our campus. Uh, and so for me, that's a strength for us. You know, um, sometimes when you go to uh, a, a private institution, you're going to see more of a homogeneous makeup, right? Where there's a lot of you know, people that look very similar to you that are in the same, uh, you know, income, uh, family income dynamic. And so I think being around more diversity uh, suits you better off, right? Yes, it, it's great in that small subsect of time, that four years that you're at the high school institution because you're surrounded and networked with, you know, people that are exactly like you, but it's not necessarily building you. So trying to get that out to our community that, you know, you're, you're working with a diverse group, right? It's going to make you a stronger person at the, in the outcome. The other is working with our district offices to really make sure that our facilities 
are at a point that are attracting people, you know, and, you know, that's one thing that right now, a lot of people, you know, when they talk about it, it's like, you know, well, you know, this school is live streaming their games. Why aren't you guys? These have turf fields all over the place here. They have lights they're able to use. They're doing this, they're doing that. And so, you know, the students and families that I know of that have moved on to private institutions, a lot of it is just the athletic facilities itself and the strength of those programs. Well, the strength of the program, if you're going to get the best players or best athletes, your, your level of wins and loss, your wins are going to go up. Um, but we can combat the fact that our facilities can get better and we, we can attract people there. We can show that we're doing our earnest to provide best opportunities. Um, and I, we do a lot of uh, meet and greets with our community, you know, and open our doors and let people tour our campus, um, engage with our coaches, uh, engage with myself. And I think hopefully just building those relationships, um, get them feeling comfortable sending our students there. Because at the end of the day, you know, we want the best for our kids and whatever that is. And, you know, you can take the time to put the effort in to really know wholeheartedly, like what situation you're going to put a kid in, or you can kind of follow what, you know, your next door neighbor's doing. Oh, you're having a great experience. Cool. I'm going to go send my kid over there too and have a great experience. And quite honestly, at the end of the day, it might be a, a great fit by sending a kid somewhere else. But at the end of the day, the best fit might be at Willow Glen High School. And I think, you know, the kids that we're sending out to college, both academically and athletically, kind of speak for itself. Some of the results that we've been having lately uh, speak for itself. And I think just the way our kids are carrying themselves um, speaks a lot about what we're doing. So hopefully we get more of our community involved. For sure. Well, it's a great community. I mean, my kid goes to Willow Glen um, or he plays at the Willow Glen Little League, which is a fantastic little league. And, you know, you guys have had a great baseball team and really great coaches, too. And so I think there's benefits to everything. So I think, you know, everybody's got to do their due diligence to find out where the best fit for them is. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a big proponent of kids going wherever. Like I do have a club, uh, you know, club basketball program. But I can honestly care less where the kids go. I think they need to go wherever is going to be the best fit. We've had several kids that go come through our program that don't end up going to my school. They might go to another school. They might go to their, you know, middle or they might go to their local high school like Willow Glen. Um, and I just think it, you have to let people do what they want to do. But uh, if you have a good product like you guys do have, um, you know, it should be it should be interesting to them uh, to stay in the neighborhood and a lot of those kids end up staying together and growing up together and you know having having a great experience too so i just think it's a case-by-case basis and you you guys are doing a good job to attract and keep all the students in your area i appreciate that i appreciate it you know and then like we said why do we have success over at del mar you guys all grew up together y'all played multiple sports together you know and there's something to it you know at the end of the day you're all still friends we're all still communicating, you know, and, and that's the beauty of public school sport, you know. Absolutely. Once again, so I'm a proponent of it. Obviously, I sent both my boys to public school. So. For sure. <laughs> uh, as we start to wrap up here, is there – so is – do you ever have any aspirations to look at other opportunities? You know, you've been in this field, you went to the same high school, you've been there for a long time. Do you look at other opportunities when they arrive or you just, you, you like where you're at and, and you're kind of set here? 
Well, you know, obviously I love Willow One High. Um, you know, I, I love what I'm doing. Uh, love the coaching staff and, and all the things that we've built. Um, you know, but you're, you're always looking at how you can improve, right, as a professional and how you can grow as a professional. So, you know, there's no absolutes in this world. Um, we always look at how we can better ourselves, how we can increase our impact, um, just like you're doing with your, your shows and your camps and your, you know, all, all the programs you run outside of the influence you already have as a, a coach at Valley Christian. Um, so, you know, if opportunities arise, you, of course, you always look at it. Um, you know, right now, the, the, the near future, what I'm looking at is trying to enjoy my, my sons, uh, both their you know, college careers right now, putting myself in a position where I can go support and just enjoy them as a dad. Um, at the same time, still influence uh, students through sport, as I've hopefully been able to do um, right now locally. And then, like I said, you know, in a few years, if something opens up, uh, you know, it's the right fit, the right time. You never know what might happen, you know. I mean, I might have to go over Dave Grissom's job and, and go take over CCS commissioner one day. So. I love Dave. Dave's a great guy. So if he's listening to your podcast, shout out to Dave. <laughs> I believe he's a listener. Um, so oh, good. I asked everybody this at the end of it, but uh, you're going to have to help me out with it. So uh, who should be a guest on the show? And you have to help me get this person on the show. You have to make the connection if I don't know. Him. Okay. Let me see. You know what? I would like to see... I would love to see. Wow, you you really put me on the spot here. <laughs> I want I want to see. I want to see a recent college grad who, who you know played co collegiate sport um, mm -hmm. and kind of their 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 journey through and kind of. Because for me, and one of the reasons I really want to, you know, you touch on Anaheim and I was able to have the opportunity to meet Aaron Judge. And I really kind of wanted to have some time to talk to him. Obviously, I didn't get the opportunity to talk at length to him on kind of what his journey was. Because here you go with this baseball phenom that out of Linden High went to Fresno State, right? So it's like, well, it seems like someone of that stature possibly could have played at a bigger school or, you know. So what were some of his supports or non-supports or what could have helped him accelerate his growth a little bit more. So, um, you know, he was, he was a great Willow Glenn guy is Mitch Revisa. Um, okay. He's the pitcher so, and quarterback, right? Yes. Yeah. Went to San Jose state, um, played football and baseball for San Jose state. Uh, he, he could be an interesting one to bring on board, talk about uh, his successes that he had through there, perhaps why he chose Willow Glenn high school. Um, very tight knit group. Uh, they had opportunities to go and do some special things at a private school, but they, his group chose to go to Willowland High School, hung a 2010 banner uh, in football. Um, so Mitch might be a really good one to to kind of get on board here and uh, what his successes were, how, how he was able to navigate uh, the NCAA, and kind of what he's doing now. Um, so. His perspective might be really cool. And he's a really good guy. So Yeah, I would love to have him on. So you definitely have to make that connection. Um, anything okay. anything that you want to pump uh, Willow Glenn social media? Um, well, we got our Twitter at WG underscore uh, athletics. We're on I Instagram. 
WG underscore athletics. Try to keep it consistent. Um, you know, follow us. You can uh, come to our websites, follow our Google calendars. We got our homecoming game against Sobrato on uh, our October 21st. Uh, come on out and support. And then we're going to have a big time alumni group coming on out there, class of 73 and possibly class of 63. Um, you know, yeah, we're doing some good things, some great things. Um, shout out to our softball team, NorCal champions, uh, 2023. Uh, great group of special women there. Uh, CCS champs, girls uh, cross country, another group of special women. Uh, doing some great things at Willow Glen. Stop on by, uh, check out a few games for us. We'd love to have you. Thank you, my brother. I really appreciate you. Thank you. Keep doing great things. Keep affecting lives. Thank you for listening to the Beyond the Buckets podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and share the show with your friends. And until next time, take care.